Welcome to the Podcast Advertising Playbook, a show dedicated to podcast advertising. If you're a podcaster or an advertiser and you're wondering how you can take advantage of this rapidly growing space, you're in the right place. On the program, we'll discuss strategies and techniques to optimize your experience with podcast advertising. All right. Well, on today's show, I am very excited to be joined by Brendan Mulligan of PodPage. Thank you so much for being with us today. Brendan, can you tell us just a little bit about yourself and how you came to start your company? Sure. Um, I have been building tools for creators for a very long time. I started in the music industry and left sort of music industry proper to build some tech and tools for musicians who should be focused most of their time on writing music, not building websites and doing online marketing. And so um, 10 years ago now, I built a web platform for musicians to be able to spin up not only websites, but <clears throat> a bunch of different marketing um, assets for themselves. Moved on from that uh, and was doing the same thing for app developers. So again, a community that should be focused on building great apps, great user experiences, and <clears throat> building a website to market them wasn't always the top of the priority list. And uh, spun that into a company that we eventually sold to Google. And I spent a couple years at Google doing product management on enterprise and developer tools. And then recently just have started noticing patterns with the podcasting community that I saw back in music and I saw in um, app development where same kind of thing. Podcasters should be focused on finding great guests, creating great content, and uh, creating a great show, not necessarily on all the monotonous tasks of having to market and having to um, create assets outside of podcasting. So I started seeing that it would be useful to start reimagining some of these tools that I built before for the podcasting community. That's awesome. Um, I think you're you're spot on with that because so often I think as content creators, especially people feel like, gosh, if I'm doing this, I have to be able to do all of these other, you know, parts of the business. And that, you know, like you said, they're not experts at selling advertising. They're not experts at creating websites or, um, you know, I'm sure doing lots of other things. So getting that outsourced is really helpful. Can you tell us exactly what PodPage is and what it does? Sure. Uh, it allows you to basically create a fully featured professional looking and acting website by essentially just put, typing in your podcast feed or your podcast name and we'll find your feed for you. So um, when you think about how podcasters are publishing themselves on the web, usually the podcast host will spin up a little micro site that has very, very basic information on it, basically a bunch of links to just play the episodes. Uh, the other alternative historically has been create a, YouTube, I mean, a WordPress page. And go and download WordPress, find a place to host it, find a, play, find a way to back it up, make sure it's secure, install a bunch of plugins, hire a designer, hire, and just WordPress seems easy and ends up being very, very hard and time consuming. And again, like, it'd be one thing just to be able to quickly set up a website, but to learn how to code and design and do all that to be able to launch a website is just too much. And so mm -hmm. the, the previous solutions in the middle have been Squarespace or Wix, which are great, great services, but they're not for podcasters. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, PodPage is sort of, the goal is it's as easy as Squarespace and Wix, but very, very built very, very specifically to podcasters. So you enter your feed in about 10 seconds, you have a, a website with all of your general content and info about your podcast. You have a, an episode, a page for every single episode that's been released. It's all search engine optimized. So once you add your domain name to it, you'll probably rank first on Google compared to everything else. Pulls in all your reviews from um, Apple Podcasts and shows them on your website. Uh, links to all the players, 
Um, it makes it easy for you to create other pages. So let's say you had a book you also wanted to talk about. You could easily add a page to your website to talk about your book or your coaching practice or whatever the other thing may be. Links to Patreon or Supercast or some of the ways that you can monetize your platform, your platform and your podcast. So it just it's sort of everything is built with a podcaster in mind. And so, I mean, that's most of the feedback that I get is how easy it was to go from literally nothing to having something that feels really, really professional, but also feels very branded to them. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that sounds amazing to me because, you know, having built several websites myself, not personally, but having, as you said, contracted out with the gazillion people you need to actually get an, a website up and running, it's a lot of work. And <laughs> it sounds like the the system you have created makes it really simple for the podcaster to create a, a podcast or I'm sorry, a website. But Tell me how much time does it take for the podcaster to actually, like, do they have to upload photos of themselves and their cover artwork, I'm sure, or like what kinds of information does the podcaster need to give you? Because it sounds like um, it's a pretty amazing website experience. The nice thing about podcasting and had similar in the app development world is that they've already loaded a lot of this information into their feed. And so a podcast feed already has artwork and it has descriptions and it has categories, it has, every, it has so much rich information. And that's mm -hmm. why the podcast can be easily distributed to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and all that stuff. So this is kind of just another outlet for it. So just with the feed, I mean, you, you literally go to the site, you click create a page, you type in the name of your podcast and you click go or, you know, create. And um, depending on how many reviews and episodes, it, it can take anywhere from five seconds to, you know, 30 seconds. And the next screen is your website. So it just, and, and the next screen is a grid of like nine different designs of how your website could be, but it's all your content on there. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then you can go through and you can customize and you can add specific artwork for different episodes, or you can create custom pages, but really to get from, from nothing to a website that you could show people is less than 10, 15 seconds. Mm -hmm. And that's because there's so much great rich content already in the feed. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, like a lot of other platforms you can spend a ton of time tinkering and making it perfect and, and, uh, trying out every feature. There's certainly a lot of our users that do that. And there's other ones that, I mean, I, I get an email when someone creates a page and I get an email when they sign up because you don't have to create an account to actually preview a page. And then I get an email when they add a custom domain. And sometimes it's, you know, they created a page, they signed up and then a week or two goes by as they're tinkering. Other times it's literally, they come in at the same time. And it's like, if someone goes from not having a, a website to having a full website at their own domain in a, in a minute. So um, it's very cool. Yeah, that is one of, one of the big things you sort of hit on this before um, around like the why of building it and the why the same it's the same why that happened back in with music is a lot of creator platforms. Um, they rely on some other distribution channel. So for podcasters, they rely on Apple podcasts and Google podcasts. Like that's where listeners are finding them. Back in the day with musicians, it was MySpace. Now it, you know, you, they've they've reclaimed a little bit, but there's now it's Spotify. And the problem is, it's great to have this these distribution channels, but you have zero relationship with your listener. And so it's great if you if someone searches for a podcast on Apple Podcasts, then they can quickly hear it. That's the best scenario to get someone to the content. But if someone goes to Google and they're searching for a podcast, it's nice that the first link at Google isn't owned by someone besides you. Like right. you, you want, you want at least to have the opportunity to have that direct relationship. And so some people, you know, don't really feel like a website's necessary for a podcast because of Apple podcasts and everything, but you lose the opportunity to, to form a direct connection and to tell your own story. 
I agree with that 100%. And I think that that's one of the challenges with podcasts is as much as you form a really intimate relationship with the host of the show as a listener, and as much as you really, you know, I feel like you have this really super high level of engagement. The problem is that it's a one-way conversation, Mm -hmm. right? As the listener, you don't have that opportunity to give any sort of feedback um, to that host or to that show. And when you go to Apple, podcast. Yeah. I mean, it's great and it's nice that they're all the same and you can find out the information, but there is a tab that says website. And if you Mm -hmm. click on that and it doesn't go to anywhere, um, it really leaves you, I think, with this kind of empty feeling as a listener, like you would like to contribute in some way to the conversation, but you don't have that opportunity because it's podcasts aren't a two-way street, really. It's just a one-way street. And if you don't have a website, which should be kind of the hub of your show, it leaves the listener and so many other available entities like advertisers at a loss to how to really contact you. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, that's one of the things that people like the most about when they spin up a pod page, cause it comes with a, a way of people submitting their email address to get on your mailing list. So you can have that one-to-one contact. It also has, um, con- you know, comments on all the, on every episode page, you can add a Facebook comment, um, block or a, some, a couple of different providers can have comments. And so you actually can say like, oh, if you have you have interest or if you enjoyed this episode, go to my website and leave a comment. And then you have a bunch of people talking about that specific episode. So you're actually building a community. It's really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's crazy to me when I see someone with a great podcast who doesn't have, isn't nurturing a community alongside of it. And they're basically giving it all over to Apple. I mean, what, what the experience, I mean, MySpace was a drastic example, but all these musicians built their entire um, fan base on MySpace, when MySpace started to become less popular and started to kind of fall apart, they just lost all of the time and energy they put into that. And then but the problem is they were like, all right, we'll do it on Facebook now. And it's like, no, you're making the same mistake again. You need to have a direct relationship with these people. And so, um, yeah, having your own web presence allows you to do a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I mean, I am shocked at the number of podcasts that do not have websites. I, I mean, I am continually surprised that they don't think that it's a necessity to have a website. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I feel like I'm back in the early nineties trying to convince people, Hey, you should have a website. Mm -hmm. It's one of those new nifty things you should try. But it's like, Mm -hmm. I don't understand why they don't think that it's necessary. Obviously with PodPage, you've really um, solved a lot of the issues, which is it's pretty easy, right? With your service. So there's not really a big excuse not to have one. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like they get their own domain too. Is that the case? Uh, it's sort of bring your own domain. So most people okay. have already registered their own domain oh, with GoDaddy okay. or Google domains or whatever. You just come and attach it. Nice. So yeah, nice. makes nice. it easy. That's awesome. Um, yeah. You know, and once you have your own domain, you there's just so much you can do with it. So the thing I think is interesting about podcasting, it's an audio format. You don't have the opportunity to put a link up on the screen and someone click on it. So you have to make everything you talk about as easy as possible to access. And so if you listen to podcasts, whenever there's a sponsorship, they say, Oh, you know, um, go to, you know, uh, Hims.com slash Tim. I'm looking at the Tim Ferriss book behind you, right? Or uh, go to athleticgreens.com slash Tim to, to redeem this coupon. And so it's, it's nice because if, if, if you don't have a website, usually there's an easy way to do a sponsor link. But that's some of the stuff that I built into it where if you have your own domain and you set up on PodPage, you can just create as many sponsor links as you want. Mm-hmm. So if you have an advertiser that you're working with, you can say, hey, go to brendanspodcast.com slash uh, 
you know, microphones and it'll take you to whatever your, the podcaster's um, sponsor is. Mm -hmm. And so just trying to think of ways, like if you're going to have to say things over audio, as opposed to having someone be able to go and click a link, making that as easy as possible mm -hmm. is kind of one of the main sort of underlying values. Mm -hmm. So for example, if you knew uh, this podcast would be, the show notes would be at slash pod page, you could say like, oh, go to my, my domain com slash pod page. And you know, that will redirect someone to whatever the show notes for this page is or for mm -hmm. this episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, and you know, just to kind of direct our, our attention more toward advertising, uh, most podcasts should, most podcast ads should come with some sort of a link to that sponsor and ideally that unique URL that has been set up for that sponsor. So really as a podcaster, if you're not giving the advertiser the opportunity to do something like that, you're really selling that advertiser short. And mm -hmm. if, if you're an advertiser and you're looking to create a campaign and podcast, that's a big part of what you should be looking for because obviously not, not only does that help you, um, you know, with backlinks and things, but it helps the listeners a ton to be able to find out information about, the sponsor, because as you mentioned, it's an audio format. People, as much as we would like to think, oh, everybody's going to remember, um, how many times have we all done that when we're listening to something and we think, oh, I'm going to remember that. And then that evening or the next day, or maybe even the next week, you're like, gosh, what was that? Like, I'm really... I've had that happen to me so many times where I listen to an ad, especially on a podcast. And I'm like, gosh, I'm really interested in that product. But you know, when it comes down to it, if I don't remember what the name was, um, and especially if I want to take advantage of a unique offer that's provided, mm -hmm. there has to be kind of that, that um, space that that's important for the advertiser on a website. And so if you're a podcaster and you don't have a website, you're really shortchanging your advertiser because they don't have that opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, have you found that with the podcasts that have web pages with you that um, or websites with you that they're doing anything special for advertisers on their sites or what are you seeing? Um, a lot of it, uh, they'll, they'll uh, a lot of it's already in the show notes that they're posting everywhere else, right? So you can go to Apple Podcasts and you can read the show notes and you can say, oh, this is sponsored by whatever and you can click a link. Podpage just gives you more, a more, uh, more space to do whatever you want. So someone, mm -hmm. you might go to Podpage and instead of saying, oh, this is sponsored by so-and-so, here's a link, you sit, they, can, they can embed the YouTube video from the sponsor or something. So there's just a little bit of a richer experience for someone who's on the website looking at that. Mm -hmm. I think the other big piece is kind of what I was talking about before, which is, um, you know, let's talk about Serial and MailChimp. Serial, the podcast from years ago, and MailChimp was like the fun sponsor of that one. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of what MailChimp might have done is said, said okay, the sponsor link is MailChimp.com slash Serial, right? And someone listening to the podcast who knows Serial, but maybe doesn't know MailChimp, it's it's somewhat convenient because you're like, oh, MailChimp.com slash Serial. Okay, I can go to that. But like, it's better if you have if you're telling the audience something like if you're leading with something they already know about. So if you say go to serials.com slash MailChimp, which really just redirects over to wherever MailChimp wants it to go. Um, it's better for the listeners because it's less for them to remember. It's like, okay, I, I know it's serial.com slash okay, MailChimp as opposed to having to learn someone else's domain, especially mm -hmm. that domains aren't necessarily that easy. So ha like being able to set up these sponsor redirects has been really helpful to a lot of our podcasters because it just makes the process easy for them when they're reading, doing their sponsor readouts. They, it's just their domain.com slash here, but the sponsor is the listener just doesn't have to remember a bunch of new domains. They can always remember their, the podcast they're familiar with domain and then the sponsor after that. So 
it's, it's, it's interesting. We found that like these small little changes actually makes a big difference. Mm -hmm. um, so I have to say, I don't hear too many new things about advertising in the podcast space. Cause I feel mm -hmm. like I know a lot of, of what's out there right now, but I think that's the first time I have ever had anybody say that instead of creating a unique URL for the advertiser, it makes more sense to, as you said, say serialpodcast.com slash MailChimp, as opposed to MailChimp.com slash Serial. Um, and what you're saying, which I think makes a lot of sense, is the listener obviously already knows the name of the podcast. And if they're a very loyal listener, which most podcast listeners are, they're not going to have a hard time remembering SerialPodcast.com mm -hmm. because they already know that. It's really, so, so what you're saying is that that creates an opportunity for the advertiser in essence to get better traffic because they, the listener doesn't have to remember that domain and you just put a redirect on it anyways. So then they're going directly, even if they type in that domain, they're going to go directly to the advertiser's website. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Yeah. With a pod page, you can set up any, any sponsor redirect you or any redirect you want. I mean, it could mm -hmm. be, um, you know, mydomain.com slash Patreon. And it, it just sends you over to Patreon as opposed to saying, or here's an example, like a lot of podcasters will say, Hey, you know, thanks for listening to this. We really appreciate a review. Please go to Apple podcasts and search for our podcast and leave a review with PodPage, All you have to do is say, go to mydomain.com slash rate. And it'll automatically send you to Apple podcast. Or if you're not on an iPhone, it'll send you to whatever the podcaster wants you to do on an Android. And so Again, it's just like, I think you just have to make it as easy as possible. I mean, software developers do this all the time where it's like, make it as easy as possible for a user to get from point A to point B. Mm -hmm. um, when a new user comes in, make it as easy as possible for them to understand how to use your software. I think with podcasts, it's the same thing. You just have to make it as easy as possible for listeners to find your information on the web because all they're doing mm -hmm. is listening to it. So they need to remember what to type. Um, when they do come to your website, you need to make it as easy as possible to them to ramp up on your actual show. So like we have a feature that you can choose to highlight specific episodes that for a new listener might be the ones that they should start with. You know, especially mm -hmm. if you go to looking at the book behind you, if you go to Tim Ferriss's website, he's got, I don't know, 400 or a thousand, I forget how many episodes. Oh, he has. Tens. Insane. Tens, tens. So like, it's very hard as a new listener to go and just start listening to his, I mean, if you're not brought in because of a certain episode, it's hard to browse. And so what he's done well, he does an end of the year wrap roundup where he says, here are the 25 best episodes. Just mm -hmm. giving someone an, an easy way to start getting started. Mm -hmm. um, not a lot of people do that, but mm -hmm. it's just, you know, make it as easy as possible for a listener for if it's like, Hey, if you want to see the show notes for the 10th episode of any, any website or any episode or any podcast on a pod page, you go to yourdomain.com slash 10 and it'll just send you to the 10th episode. And so at least a user can be like, Oh, that's the 10th episode. I'll just go to slash 10 and it'll take me where I need to go. So mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, and I, I'm sorry, go ahead. As, as these, these are like, seems like small little things, but they just, they sort of, they, they stack up and make a big difference. Yeah, I agree. And I have, as a listener, had experiences where I have used just that, where I go to the domain slash the episode number. And when I have had that experience to me, it's, it's so nice because, and, and I, I mean, this is a tangent, but I love it when people put put numbers on their episodes. I feel like there's been like a trend away and for that, but I love episode numbers because I can't always remember the long title that somebody mm -hmm. created, but I can re usually remember the episode number. So mm -hmm. I don't know. I think that that's super helpful to create those. And 
I think one of the big challenges with podcast period is I think that there's always been this level of difficulty to get over um, of like, how do I listen? You know, from way back when, of course, it's gotten way easier now, but Mm -hmm. you know, like, how do I listen? And rating a podcast, could Apple make it any more difficult, right? It's like, you know, it's, there are a lot of obstacles that have been put in place. So as few obstacles as we can make for people to number one, find your podcast, interact with your podcast, interact with you. And then from a sponsorship perspective, as much as we can make this information, the sponsor information as easily you know, easily accessible as possible, I think is really important to kind of closing that whole loop on creating strong sponsor relationships. Yeah, I totally agree. I, th- I think there's a lot of work to be done here. And I've been chatting with a couple of different advertising companies around anything. I basically said, okay, the world is your oyster when it comes to tracking on the podcaster's website. Obviously, you need to get user permission and the podcaster needs to, you know, get everything set up the way that needs to be set up. But I basically, if you can, can you use a podcaster's website as a better way for ad attribution than, mm-hmm. you know, cause people are listening on Apple podcasts. Like if you could, if all your ads sent it through the podcaster website before it got to your site, would that be helpful? Could that, could, could that be helpful in any way? Um, and so just trying to like sort of open, open the conversation up cause they know that world a lot better than I do. Um, but you know, it just seems like the opportunity to leverage a, the surface that the podcast already owns to be able to do a little bit more than Apple would ever let you do should, should create a better experience from a advertiser standpoint, but mm-hmm. yeah, still, yeah. still learning. about. Yeah. That. You're going to have to keep me posted. Um, so I know you mentioned that SEO is definitely a big part of what the podcaster gets and, I mean, I'm sure SEO could be its own conversation, you know, from start to finish. I think that there are definitely some kind of tools and tricks that podcasters can use to obviously, number one, create good SEO on their podcast or on their website, but also specifically for their podcast. Um, so tell us a little bit about, I guess, what what level of SEO effort they would get with PodPage. So... Um, st- when you have a website, structuring it for Google or for you know search engines, but for the most part for Google, um, is just sort of a, it's not necessarily super complicated if you know what you're doing, but if you don't know what you're doing, you probably will just miss a lot of steps. And mm-hmm. so I was, was on a show the other day that we were talking about this and I was saying that, you know, Google is a robot. And so remember that you are talking to a robot. And so you need to know how to communicate with the robot to, to not trick it but just to be able to make sure that you have highlighted what's most important about your podcast on every page, what's most important on every page to the robot. Mm-hmm. A lot of people will do things like try to repeat a bunch of keywords or post the same block of information across their whole website and things that just Google ignores. So having already, like we kind of built the whole framework around a structured experience. And so that just makes it, I mean, when you, when you load one of these pages up, it's just immediately structured for, um, for Google to be able to walk around the site to understand, to categorize things. Well, um, we provide site maps to Google. In addition to the content, we provide search links boxes. There's all kinds of like kind of more advanced SEO stuff that you can do. And that all just kind of comes baked in. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just helps Google, you know, when they come to the page, they know exactly what it's about. They know it's a podcast. They know these are episodes. They know each page is an episode. Mm-hmm. They know the title of the podcast is reinforced, not only in some of the the code, but also the, the URL, the title of the page, the biggest header on the page, like 
it's just, tr it, we've built it to be able to be very, very easily understood by Google. So. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Tell me, what do you know about how audio is being indexed by Google? I mean, obviously being able to search Google and have podcasts come up is a relatively new um, feature. Where do you feel like audio ranks in terms of searchability? Um, you know, I, 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 when I was at Google, I was not involved at all in any of the podcasting stuff. I wish I would have uh, dug around and talked to that team a little bit more. Um, you know, Google's ultimate goal is to create a, if you're looking for information, they want you to be able to find it and they want you to be able to find the best information for what you're looking for. And so unlocking all the audio content is a no brainer for a company like Google because there's so much rich content in these podcasts. And if, if when Google looks at it, all they see is a file and they don't dig into it, then it's kind of a waste. And so, um, I don't know what, I, I feel like I saw a interview with one of the guys from Google podcasts a couple months ago that hinted that they are doing a bunch of like, they're looking at the audio file and doing transcriptions. I think it, I'm surprised that Google hasn't just offered free transcriptions for all podcasters because most podcasters want a transcribed version of their site or their, um, their episodes. And when you, we have a feature where you can plug in your transcription onto, onto the pod page page for the episode and Google, the rankings are always better if you have your transcription there because it's a ton more content. That's again, easy for the robot to understand. So I don't know. I think that we'll see a lot more that I think that Google's trying to make as much sense of it as they can because it's valuable content that they want their listeners to, uh, to consume. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. And I was going to ask, because I do, I always recommend that people transcribe their podcasts and put that on their website, not because people are reading your transcriptions, which, yeah, I mean, maybe there's like 1% of people out there who are going to sit and read the transcriptions, but mm -hmm. it's really, it's for SEO purposes. And mm -hmm. I think it is really important. And from an advertiser standpoint, I think that it's beneficial for that advertiser as well, right? Because that transcription has the advertiser listed, um, in there. And it really, I, I mean, I feel like SEO just in general is really important for podcasts and their relationships with the advertisers. Because if as an advertiser, you're interested in advertising on a podcast and you go to search them and find nothing for them, or you find them on the 10th page down or something, I mean, what kind of a message is that really sending about mm -hmm. the, the strength, the validity, the engagement of your podcast? Yeah. So I think being able to rank high um, on a, a search for, especially for your, your podcast, mm -hmm. I mean, you should come up pretty high. Well, so. and, and uh, transcripts are great. Um, they, they can be expensive. I mean, usually you have to pay someone to do them. But the, the one that blows me away is when uh, someone creates a pod page and I look at their pages and, and there's just nothing on them because they didn't bother to make show notes. And I was just like, God, you spent, you spent an hour doing this, having a, having a conversation, then you spent a couple hours editing or money to have it edited. Like, how did you not get around to just writing like two or three paragraphs about what this is about? I mean, that's like the bottom of, you know, the lowest bar is just like take five minutes and just put some stuff on the, on the page about what the it's about. Cause it, that does so much for ranking. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, and I, I've even seen some shows and I, I always surprised that advertisers don't make it a requirement to, list links to our products in your show notes and make sure you frame it. Cause sometimes I will listen to a, a podcast and I'll go to like, look for the sponsor link that they read out that I forgot about. And it's not in those show notes. Just like, how is that not part of the deal? You should always have a link to a sponsor in your show notes if they're going to pay you to be, to be mentioned. So. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I absolutely, totally agree with you. I mean, I think that as a sponsor or an advertiser on a podcast, you should definitely be getting that and, you know, and pay attention because you want to be able, you know, to have people reference that information, not to mention the fact that it's nice to be able to see traffic coming from a podcast that you're advertising on. Um, nice, through, nice through and link. sort of necessary. Otherwise, <laughs> exactly. you're not going to do it again. <laughs> exactly. Nice and not necessary kind of way. <laughs> well, I mean, it's funny because we have um, a lot of podcasters will come to me and say, hey, would you want to sponsor our podcast uh, for PodPage? We have a bunch of podcasters that listen to it. You know, I'm sure they'd be really interested. And most of the time, these are our actual customers that have like had a really good experience. They're like, I'd love to share. Would you like to um, sponsor. And so we have a referral program. So anyone who's a pod page user, whoever they brings it, bring in, they get the first month of that other person's, um, subscription. So, oh, that's uh, nice. so if you bring 12 people, if you basically, if you get 12 people to sign up a year, you don't have to pay for pod page. But, um, I usually start there and I say, Hey, every pod page has a sponsor link already set up. So if you, your domain.com slash pod page will be an, an attribution attribution link. I was like, why don't you just try it one episode and say, you know, we're sponsored by PodPage and go to this link. And I was like, if it works, if a lot of people come in, like I'll, I'm, I'm down and I'll sponsor for the next 10 episodes, but let's, let's see if it works first before, um, before we get started. So, and they benefit from it because they can, you know, they basically are just earning credit. So, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I mean, you have to see that it's working. Otherwise the whole thing doesn't work. But I think the harder part, <clears throat> stepping away from sponsorships and doing more of the, like, I think, um, generated ads. Uh, I forget what they're called at this exact moment. Oh, like, like programmatic dyna- or dynamic, yeah, dynamically yeah. inserted ads. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of, it raises a lot of new challenges because the advertiser you hear isn't necessarily the same advertiser I hear. Therefore the show notes can't have the advertiser in it. And so, um, it, you know, if I'm hearing dynamically inserted ads off of Spotify from someone that Spotify's hosting with anchor, then theoretically Sp- mm-hmm. Spotify could have, could add that to the show notes on Spotify, depending on who's listening to it. But, Anyway, that just adds this interesting new world of um, complexity potential there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and and to speak directly to that point, um, because we do a fair amount of dynamic ad insertion um, of host read ads, but for our shows, we require that they have a sponsor page on their website. So while they can't include the information in the show notes, they can provide that that link still mm-hmm. for the sponsor. And so it sounds like with PodPage, it would be really easy to just add a sponsor page, which is yep. what I would recommend if you're doing dynamic ad insertion is to go ahead and get that sponsor page up, which truthfully, I feel like, of course, I'm looking at it from a sponsorship perspective, but mm-hmm. I think every podcast should just have a page that lists their sponsors. And you just, you don't necessarily even need to call it sponsors. You could say, you know, key partners or partnerships or whatever you want to name it. But having all that information really easy for your, your listeners to find, I think is valuable. And you can list sponsors in there. You could list maybe text that you referred to or resources that you've referred to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like having all of that in one place, even if, I mean, I think you should put it in the show notes if you're doing embedded ad reads for sure. But in addition to that, having those resources in one spot is really helpful for your listeners to be able to Mm -hmm. find that information. Well, and sometimes like it feels like a a podcaster and a sponsor find the perfect mix where the the podcaster, their audience is perfect for the sponsor. The sponsor is something the podcaster uses all the time. Like it feels like a, like there's some, we've all heard like the, the ad reads that don't feel very genuine. It feels like an ad read. Mm-hmm. And I actually think Dak Shepard is one of the best that I've 
that I hear who does this really, really well. Like when he does an ad read, you forget that he's even doing an ad read because he's talking about his personal experience with the, with the brand. And it's such a good experience when a podcaster and a brand can find a good match like that. And so for some of those, for pod page users, they actually create an entire page on their website about the sponsor. It's not just like, here's a list of my sponsors. Like this is the sponsor page for athletic greens or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. Um, so having the flexibility to be able to have that like a slightly better relationship, you know, it also allows the podcasters to say, Hey, like for a little bit higher rate, I'll actually make a whole page on my website for you. That's all about my experience with, with your product. And so, you know, having the flexibility to do that kind of stuff is helpful. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, Brendan, it's been so great talking with you and I, you know, I appreciate your time and I appreciate you creating a product like this because I am genuine when I say there are so many podcasts out there who need a website. And, um, if you are looking to sponsor a, a podcast, I would say you definitely want to make sure that you can get these kind of links. So, you know, sponsors should be looking for podcasts with websites. Um, where can people find out more about you? Uh, the best place is just podpage.com, podpagesangular.com. And then once you sign up, you get an email from me and you get invited to the Slack channel with all the bunch of the community. And so um, I'm really active in there. So that's how I used to, like, I prefer to chat with people. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find me on Twitter at, at Mulligan, but um, for the podcasting stuff, it's always best to go through Podpage. Yeah. Awesome. Terrific. Well, thanks so much for, for joining us today. And I wish you lots of luck with Podpage. Thank you so much. If you want to learn more about how to be a market leader in podcast advertising, reach out to us at truenativemedia.com.